From London, this is The Standard Podcast, and I'm Mark Blunden. Householders of Britain rejoice, mildly, because you'll soon potentially be saving over £200 on those sky-high energy bills. Gas and electricity bills are set to fall by 12.3% in April, to their lowest level since Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine two years ago. The regulator Ofgem announced the cap for the average annual household dual-fuel bill for the upcoming quarter, covering April to June. Consumer groups welcomed the move, which will see the lowest household bills in two years, but it's still 50% higher than three years ago. The reduction of the cap follows big falls in wholesale gas prices over recent months and will help around 29 million customers on standard variable tariffs. It's all about the maximum price that energy firms are allowed to charge per unit of gas and electricity. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Electricity. However, while the main cap's been cut... Daily standing electricity charges covering supply connection are increasing by some £28 annually. The Evening Standard's business editor Jonathan Prynne has been covering developments and their wider economic impact. And Jonathan joins us on the line now. What's the latest you're reporting on Friday with the off-gem cap change? How will this impact people's bills in the main? Well, Ofgem have delivered a very pleasant surprise today. They said that bills, or the cap on bills rather, will come down by just over 12% from April. And, well, that's equivalent to a reduction averaging £238 on an annualised basis, bringing the average bill down to £1,690. Could you give us an explainer of how the cap works and how it's applied in terms of usage? Yeah, I mean, people do misunderstand it. It's not a cap on the amount you pay, although that's commonly how it's kind of presented. It's a cap on the tariff that you pay. That is per unit of gas and electricity. So, yeah, you can't just leave all your lights on and and your heating on, expect to pay no more than the cap. And the cap is for an average household, of course, as well. So a big house with four or five bedrooms will pay more than that headline cap figure unless they're very, very abstemious in their consumption. But it's a guideline. It tells us roughly where the direction, where the prices of your bills are likely to go up or down. But um, you still have to be careful in what you use. Otherwise, your bills can get out of control, even with the cap. And what's Ofgem's role in setting the cap? 
Ofgem is the regulator for the industry, and every quarter they look at the wholesale prices and a whole host of other factors as well, and set these maximum tariffs that suppliers can charge customers on a per unit basis. And it's, it's for the 29 million people that are on standard variable tariffs, and the vast majority of people. And electricity and and uh, gas providers cannot charge more than that set rate that is declared every quarter um, and uh, is, was designed to stop customers from being ripped off by uh, sky-high prices. What are the wholesale factors that impact consumer energy prices and those big increases we've seen previously? Wholesale prices are a huge part of what uh, you and I pay in our bills. Wholesale prices absolutely rocketed after the Russian full-scale invasion of Ukraine two years ago. And that fed through very quickly to domestic prices and made all the problems that we had in 2022 and 2023. But the supply-demand sort of mix has changed over the last year or so. There's been far more shipments of gas from America, less from Russia. And the weather's been quite kind as well, relatively mild winters in Europe. And as a result, the wholesale price has fallen very dramatically over the last year, now down to about 60p a therm, whereas it was 10 times that during the peak of the energy crisis just um, a year or so ago. Let's go to the ads. Coming up, how the changes will impact inflation and what's the city's confidence in a potential Labour government. Why not hit follow in the meantime and give us a rating. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. Jonathan, what's the link between energy prices and the rate of inflation? Such a huge component of inflation is energy prices, or has been for the last few years. So this this fall will be a manna from heaven for the government, because most economists are predicting that inflation will fall to 2% in April when this price cap reduction comes in. And that, of course, is the Bank of England's target rate. The downside is that it probably won't last and inflation will probably tick up a little bit later in the year to perhaps back up to 4%. But yeah, it will be very, very helpful for the cost of the living crisis, that's for certain. And consumer groups are welcoming the cap cuts. We've heard some awful reports of households in freezing cold conditions and in real dire straits since prices shot up. Yeah, we have. Um, People who can't afford to turn the heating on, people that can't afford to pay their bills, people in all sorts of problems. And I think, yeah, it's great. Consumer groups across the spectrum have welcomed this, obviously. But they're also pointing out that prices are still about 50% higher than they were three years ago. I mean, typically, the annual average bill was less than a £1,000 until about three years ago. And it suddenly started taking off and then really shot up when the Ukraine war broke out. So, Yes, of course it's good, but you know, fifteen, sixteen hundred pounds a year is still an awful lot for people to find. And consumer groups are still very concerned about what they call fuel poverty, people who spend at least ten percent of their income on heating and lighting and power. 
and it's getting better but it's not over yet now also i wanted to ask you about a very interesting piece you wrote on thursday about potential economic green shoots could you tell us more i think there are sort of tender green shoots just poking up through the frost there's definitely a slightly optimistic tone about business surveys the pmi survey yesterday which is probably the most closely watched uh, business survey showed um, growth in February. But what I'm hearing anecdotally is that it's still quite fragile. And I think there's also a worry, the PMI flagged up yesterday, that the Houthi attacks on um, shipping in the Red Sea is definitely starting to feed through to shipping costs into prices. So I think the worry is that, yes, we'll get this fall in inflation in April, but it will go back up again and could get stuck. I think this is the concern at sort of three, four percent, um, still above the target, the Bank of England's target of two percent. And then the big question then is what knock on effect that has for the Bank of England's decision making on interest rates. And without interest rates coming down, there really is very little chance of the economy really starting to recover strongly. So I think that's what I was trying to say is that. Yes, things are a little bit better, probably, but there's still a huge amount of uncertainty out there and a long, long way to go before we can say a strong recovery is is really underway. And also the suggestion the city must export more of its services to the rest of the UK. What's your thinking? My feeling is very much that, that the city's doing quite well at the moment. The number of uh, city-type jobs are up to a record, 615,000, and they are a massive exporter of services to the rest of the world, which brings in a huge amount of income and helps the balance of payments for the United Kingdom as a whole. I think the point I was trying to make was that the rest of the country is maybe not doing so well as London and and the city. Uh, And one of the issues that's flagged up by businesses all around the country is access to finance. So, yeah, the city is a fantastic attribute and asset for UK PLC, but it also needs to make sure that the funding is getting to the businesses that support the UK economy and not just selling their services overseas, however valuable that is. Finally, with the general election looming, presumably Labour with an eye on government have been schmoozing city bosses. How much economic confidence is there in a Starmer premiership? They have. There's been a lot of schmoozing going on, you're right. I think they're reasonably relaxed about Labour getting in. I think there's two things possibly that uh, are still a concern. One is the lack of detail on policy, particularly economic policy. Second, I think there's just a worry ever since the disastrous quasi Kwarteng budget of um, September 22. The markets have been looking very, very closely at the UK uh, and its ability to fund itself. And to be fair to Hunt and Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak, they've done a pretty good job in dampening that down and making the markets more confident that the UK is capable of paying its way. I think the worry is that if Labour gets in and starts spending, having raised expectations during the campaign, particularly amongst its own supporters and members, and then starts opening the floodgates on spending, I think you could see the bond markets testing the UK again. I don't think they will do that because I think they've learned that lesson. But, you know, it is a worry, particularly as we know so little about what Labour plans to do. So I'm I'm hoping we won't get another run on the pound and a run on the gilts market that we had after that infamous budget. But I think it's at the back of everyone's minds.
There's much more news and features in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. We're back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.